Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, Audings. This is the Something Scary Podcast. I'm your Ate Sapphire. Do you believe in curses? Do you think that misfortune is random or can be caused by someone? Today's episode is all about curses. First, we'll hear about a legendary Japanese creature who was created from a curse. Then, a young girl discovers what's haunting her mother. After that, we'll help a girl figure out why her family has a string of bad luck. And finally, avoid the curse of a bakru. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com snarled. Before we dive into the episodes today, I wanted to share some listener mail. This was sent in by CD, who also sent that advice the other week about Michael. And now they write in with more information about the Bungar Fort from last week's episode. Hey Sapphire, this is CD. Thanks a lot for reading my email about Michael. Today, I am writing about the Bungar Fort. There are two legends about the Bungar Fort that my grandmother once told me. According to the first legend, the city of Bungar was cursed by a holy man named Baba Balnat, who had given permission for the construction of the town so long as the height of the buildings did not cast shadow over his retreat. Balnat warned that if this were to occur, he would destroy the entire city. When a descendant priest raised the palace to a height that cast a shadow over Bungar's abode, it is said that he cursed the whole town. Many believed that Balnat is buried there to this day. The second legend is related to a wizard named Singia, who was in love with Ratnavati, the princess of Bungar. According to this tale, Singia placed a spell upon a fragrance being purchased by the princess's maid, so that upon touching it, the princess would fall in love with him. But Ratnabati saw what the wizard was doing and foiled his plan. Feeling bitter, the wizard was said to have placed a curse upon the city. 
Some locals believe that Princess Ratnavati reincarnated in a new body and that Bangar Fort is waiting for her return to put an end to the curse. Today, even the government of India has declared this place as the most haunted place in India. Thousands of ghost hunters tried to prove the legend wrong, but ended up never coming back or going insane. The ghosts that Silver saw might have been the Princess Ratnavati. Now, since I am a science student studying to become a doctor, I shouldn't believe in ghosts. But with my experiences, I disagree. The legends might not be true, but the spirit world and their inhabitants are something we should not mess with. Some things are better left alone. Thanks again. I hope this story fascinates you. It absolutely does, CD, and thanks for sending it in. Also, I apologize for pronouncing everything very incorrectly. So, want to hear something scary? The following story is inspired by a legendary Japanese creature. I only have one younger brother, Yosuke. We used to be close when we were younger, but we grew apart. I think that happened when Yosuke started dating. I never liked any of his girlfriends, and eventually, he stopped wanting to spend time with me. Then one day, he called me up to tell me that he was getting married and wanted me to meet his future bride. I could tell that he was trying to hide his nervousness from me, but I appreciated that he was reaching out. I had always hated that we weren't close anymore, and I wanted to change that. So I hopped on a train to the small town where they lived. When I got to their place, Yosuke introduced me to his fiancée, Fuka. She was absolutely stunning, and very funny and charming. After we all had dinner together, I told Yosuke that I was genuinely happy for him. Before going to bed that night in their spare room, I lit an oil lamp as a nightlight. I know it sounds strange, but I have trouble falling asleep in total darkness. When I woke up the next morning, I noticed that the oil in my lamp was completely emptied. I thought it was really peculiar because there was definitely a few days worth of oil in there. Then my stomach turned. I checked the oil levels of the other lamps in the house and they were also completely gone. That was the first moment I knew something was wrong. I didn't want my brother thinking I was paranoid, so I didn't bring it up. Later that evening, we were about to have dinner at the house. I went to my brother's room to see if he was ready, and when I opened the door, I caught Fuka just as she was done buttoning her shirt. Her neck was briefly exposed before she pulled her massive black hair over it, and I saw something that confirmed a suspicion I had. Oh, hello, Fuka said sweetly. You looking for your brother? He's in the living room. I quickly closed the door and ran. Yosuke, I whispered. Have you ever noticed Fuka's neck? Oh, her stretch marks? He waved his hand dismissively. Don't be so superficial. No, listen to me. I pleaded with him. The disappearing oil, the stretch marks on her neck. I think, I think she might be a Rokurokubi. See, a Rokurokubi is a beautiful woman during the day and at night she drinks oil from lamps and has the ability to stretch out her neck. Some can detach their heads completely and go out in search of blood to consume. Rokurokubi are humans who have committed a great sin and are then cursed to become these creatures. 
So, if Fuka was one of these, what crime had she committed? Yosuke let out an exasperated sigh. Look, I know you've never approved of any of my girlfriends, but you need to trust me. There is nothing wrong with Fuka. You could be in a lot of danger. After dinner, it was time for bed. I refilled the oil in my lamp, lit it, and tried my best to fall asleep. In the middle of the night, I was awoken by a slurping sound. I opened my eyes to find Fuka drinking the oil from my lamp. Her neck extended all the way out the door where the rest of her body was not visible. I knew it, I exclaimed. I grabbed my dagger and decapitated her. Her head fell loudly on the floor. I screamed for Yosuke to come over. When he saw Fuka, he lost his balance. Then he rushed over to me and hit me in the face. What was that for? I yelled at him. I just saved you. I knew, you idiot. Yosuke shouted through tears. I knew what she was. He explained that he had committed a crime of passion a year ago. The gods wanted to kill him as punishment, but Fuka made a deal. She agreed to live as a Rokurokubi if it meant that Yosuke could live. That was the day that he asked her to marry him. She has no control over what she does at night, he continued. She's never even hurt anyone. People are just terrified of her. Why didn't you just tell me all of this? I asked. He scoffed at me. The second you found out what she was, you disapproved. I knew you wouldn't understand. I haven't spoken to my brother since that day. I have no idea how he's doing. Sometimes I think about reaching out, but I don't know if he'll ever want to talk to me again. I hope that he finds love again. I really do. And when he does, I'm going to stay far away. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now, more Something Scary. This next story was sent in by Valentine about her mother's attempt to contact the spirit world. This happened after my father had passed away. It all started when my mom and I went to the cemetery where he was buried. I was napping in the car nearby and she was at his grave. Voices woke me up. I looked over at my mom, and there were people speaking to her in Hmong, our mother tongue. There were three men and two women, 
all dressed in black like they had come from a funeral. I couldn't make out everything they were saying, but it sounded like they were trying to get her to leave, and she was telling them she refused. The women put their arms around her, and my mom kept pushing them off. And then the men were pointing at different graves and saying something I couldn't comprehend. I was curious to know what was going on. I rolled down my window and listened. It sounded like they were just reading the names on the graves. I looked at where they were pointing. They were pointing at empty spaces. Were they saying who was going to end up there? I called out to my mom from the window. The strangers turned to look at me. I could hear one of them ask my mom who I was. She told them I was her daughter. One of them whispered something in my mom's ear, but she pushed her off and rushed back to the car. She didn't say anything as she got in. She just drove away. I looked back and saw the group of people still staring at us. I looked back at my mom. I wanted to ask her what that was about, but she didn't seem like she was in the mood to talk. She didn't speak the rest of the ride home. I turned back around to look at those people again, but they were gone. They must have been really fast, I thought to myself. It wasn't until a couple days later that I learned about what happened that day. I had come home from school and my mom's car was gone. I figured she was out running errands. I stepped in the house and all around the house, different types of seeds appeared out of nowhere. I mean, they were everywhere. It freaked me out. So I ran to my room and started playing loud videos to calm myself down. I called up my aunt to see if she knew what was going on. When I asked her if my mom was with her, she said, no, why? I told her I was home alone and that my mom was nowhere to be seen. And then her voice dropped. My auntie was scared. You could hear it in her voice as she told me to pack my bags and get ready. She gave me three rules. Don't speak anymore. Bring all my clothes and shoes. And don't stop praying for help. I waited ten minutes for her to come pick me up. The moment she arrived, we did not speak. She wrote on her phone to turn on all the lights before we left. We quickly got all my stuff and went to my auntie's house. I was so confused the entire time. As we got further and further away from my house, she finally began to talk to me. She had told me that my mom had been contacting the dead. Your mother has been trying to get a hold of your father, she said. But that's not who she brought back from the dead. My auntie then handed me a photo and asked if I had seen any of these people. I had. It was a photo of the strangers at the cemetery who were talking to my mom. These are our relatives, she continued. This photo is from 1903. I stared at the photo. How was that possible? I just saw these people the other day, in the flesh. So what do they want with my mom? I asked. Your mother had been performing rituals that she didn't know how to do properly. She wanted to be reunited with your father again. And these spirits, they are helping her make that happen. But they want her to join them. Now. My auntie looked at me with great concern before continuing. When they tried to take your mother, she refused. But they're not going to stop trying. They were summoned to take someone back with them. And you are the next closest thing. She placed a hand on my wrist. Don't worry. I won't let them get you. As long as you don't enter that house or visit that cemetery, 
or see your mother again, you'll be fine. My heart dropped. Was she serious? Would I really never see my mother again? It's been years since this took place. And I'm still here, alive. Lucky me. Thank you, Valentine, for sending that story in. Uh, first of all, you have a really cool name. And second of all, I am very sorry to hear about this. And maybe there is someone out there who's listening who has any advice on how to break this type of curse so that Valentine can see her mother again. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This next story comes from Aaron. This is an allegedly true story from their mother's side of the family. My family is one of those families that always has weird, unexplainable stuff happening to them. Cliché things like electronics acting up around us, doors shutting on their own. But sometimes it was much creepier. Things disappearing and reappearing in a different place, windows randomly shattering, family members getting into unexplainable accidents. The icing on the bad luck cake was when my parents told me that they were getting divorced. I had always thought they had a great relationship. Maybe I was just being a naive little kid. After my mom had moved out, I asked my dad about the split. Well, Aaron, my father said, your mother's not who she used to be. Is mom leaving because our family's cursed? My dad paused. He cocked his head a little bit at me. Let me tell you a little story, something your mother told me a long time ago. So when my mother was 16, she and her friends, Donna and Abby, were goofing around inside my granddad's trailer. They were being the cliche irresponsible teenagers. They stole my granddad's whiskey and emptied the bottle in mere seconds. They were having their own little party. Then Abby pulled out a box from her bag. It read, Ouija. I got this from my aunt, Abby said. Apparently, this one is extremely cursed. You actually believe that bullshit, my mom said, rolling her eyes. Hey, that stuff's real, Donna said. We shouldn't mess with it. We don't know what will happen. Oh, you're scared, Donna? My mom egged her friends on. The inebriated teenagers wanted to prove to each other that they weren't scared, so they pulled out the board and placed their hands on the planchette. Who are we going to contact? Abby asked. If we're going to contact someone, it should be a demon, my mom suggested. She must have been really drunk. 
The only demon name they were familiar with was Zozo. So Abby said out loud, Zozo, we ask you to show yourself. Give us a sign that you are here. Nothing happened. They sat there in silence for a few minutes. Then a huge thud caused Donna and Abby to jump. My mom had knocked over a pile of nearby books with her leg. That's not funny, Donna cried. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. You guys are so serious. My mom laughed. I don't think anything's going to happen, guys. Let's just put this away, Abby said. So Abby packed the board away in her bag and placed it in a cupboard in the kitchen. Donna suggested they pop a VHS tape into the TV and watch a movie, something to change the tense mood a bit. But when my mom went to put the tape in the video player, it immediately ejected itself and slammed into my mom's face, giving her a bloody nose. Don attended to my mom while Abby was screaming that she could smell something rotting. And then the trailer started shaking with such force that all three of them had fallen and were struggling to stay up. They were tumbling over, trying to make their way out of the trailer, but the door wasn't opening and the rotting smell was consuming the whole vehicle. Donna began to throw up and passed out due to the smell. The trailer finally stopped shaking and the smell had faded. Abby was rocking in the corner trying to comfort herself. My mom was trying to calm Donna down. And that's when something on the kitchen counter caught her eye. Neatly placed on the counter was the Ouija board, the planchette positioned right in the middle. My mom looked at the cupboard it was in. It was still closed. The board was in Abby's bag. There's no way the board would have ended up on the counter so neatly after all that shaking. My mom looked from the Ouija board to the horrified expressions on her friends' faces. They had the same thought as hers. My mom carefully walked up to the board. Then the planchette slid over to the letter Z. Then O. Then Z. O. 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 All of the windows in the trailer shattered at once. The girls screamed and ran for the door, but it wouldn't budge. So they jumped through the windows, scraping and cutting themselves along the way. They were crying in pain outside of the trailer, and my granddad came over to see what was wrong. They were all too shaken up to tell him what happened. So they went inside the house, cleaned themselves up, and never spoke about that night again. After my dad finished telling me the story, I wasn't sure what to believe. So I went online to see if I could find any more information about this supposed demon named Zozo. There was actually a lot written about him, which I honestly wasn't expecting. There were lots of articles about people claiming they contacted Zozo during a Ouija board session and afterwards had a string of never-ending bad luck. That checked out. But then I read an article that really worried me. It said that Zozo was fond of possessing people, and if you don't properly break the tie, he could remain within you forever. I thought about the story my dad told me, and how my mom and her friends ran out of the trailer leaving the board behind. I thought about all of our bad luck, and my mom's changes in behavior. There was no way, I said to myself, there was no way that my mom was really a demon. I went up to my father. Dad, can you take me to visit mom? I have some questions. 
Thank you, Erin, for sharing that story with us. Um, I am actually a little bit familiar with the name Zozo. Um, it seems to be a common demon that people communicate with during a Ouija board session. Um, I have always been under the impression that he is very dangerous um, and shouldn't be messed with, but um, I'm curious to know if anybody listening has any experience with him. Um, feel free to shoot me an email about it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. And finally, we end with a story from Arwish. There is an animated version of this episode over at youtube.com snarled, so feel free to check it out after. One night, about seven years ago, 18-year-old Jesse was home alone. And when one is alone, one tends to let their imagination get the best of them. So when lights started flickering and doors opened on their own, Jesse didn't think too much of it. It was probably all in her mind. Then, some of her friends decided to pay her a visit. Jessie did notice that the strange activity stopped when they were there. They stayed until about 10 p.m., and after they left, Jessie decided to watch some TV. The walls of her apartment were paper thin, and she could hear every word that her fighting neighbors were exchanging. Frustrated, she decided to get some fresh air out on her balcony. But right as she was about to place her hand on the doorknob, she heard a knock coming from the other side of the door. Riding that officer imagination, she opened the door and was immediately hit with a strong gust of wind. She covered her eyes to protect them from the impact. Then she could see in the distance, a pair of glowing red eyes. At that moment, all the lights in the house shut off. Jessie turned back inside the house, closed and locked the balcony doors and stumbled her way in the darkness to her bedroom. She could hear children's laughter echoing throughout the halls. She locked the doors and took cover underneath her blanket. Once she had calmed down a bit, she slowly pulled the blanket from her face. And that's when she saw it. It looked like a small boy with glowing red eyes. Its mouth curled into a mischievous grin when it saw that Jessie was looking at it. She quickly pulled the covers back over her head and heard an extremely high-pitched scream. And Jessie's ears felt pain like she'd never felt before. When Jessie woke up the next morning, there was blood all over her covers, all coming from her ears. Terrified of the previous night's events, she visited her grandmother and told her everything that happened. Luckily, her grandmother knew exactly what was going on. What you saw last night 
was a bakru, her grandmother said, as she continued to explain the history of these spirits. During the West Indies sugar trade in the mid-17th century, there were mass sugarcane plantations in Suriname, a Dutch colony in South America, where Jessie's grandmother grew up. The plantation owners imported slaves from Africa, Asia, and Indonesia. The Indonesians were very spiritual as they believed that their faith would help them get through these terrible times. When a slave died, they performed a ceremony so that the spirit could be put to rest. But sometimes, the ritual couldn't be completed, and therefore, the deceased soul became a restless entity. These are the Bakru, spirits that are roughly half the size of a human child with enlarged heads. They are half flesh and half wood and cannot feel any pain. They can be controlled by those who practiced Obia, an Afro-American religion similar to voodoo or Santeria. These spell workers would use the Bakru to cause harm to someone, and since the Bakru have no will of their own, they carry out their master's wishes fearlessly. The Bakru will attempt to possess the body and mind of the victim, consume their soul, and take their life. If the victim is easily manipulated, then the Bakru will have no trouble carrying out its task. But if the victim is strong-willed, like Jesse, then they can stop it from taking over. Jessie believes that it was her ex-boyfriend who sent the Bakru after her, since he practiced Obia and was convinced that she had cheated on him. Because Obia is not a commonly practiced religion, Jessie has had no luck in figuring out how to completely get rid of the Bakru. To be safe, Jessie's grandmother had a protection ritual performed for her. And while that has prevented the Bakru from possessing her, it hasn't stopped them from trying. Every now and then, she still hears the high-pitched whispers, the childlike laughter. Sometimes, she catches one in the corner of her eye. It's been seven years since she first encountered them, but strange things still happen to this day. Recently, she saw what looked like a five-year-old boy in a hoodie staring at her house. It was raining pretty hard, so she went outside to see if he needed help. But when she looked up, he was gone. She went back inside and forgot about him, until hours later, when she saw him again, still wandering outside her house. It was pretty late at night, so she went back out to talk to him and immediately became nauseous and ran back inside, where the lights began flickering uncontrollably. Maybe that was all a coincidence, or maybe the Bakru is still after her. Even though the Bakru failed to possess Jesse, she now lives in constant fear that it will show up and succeed. So in that sense, hasn't the Bakru already taken over her mind? Today's stories were edited by Adam Sinker and Sapphire Sandalo. Music and editing for this podcast by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, 
But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.